Hello and welcome to Talk to Me. I'm your host, Max Ernst. And I am your host, Katie Ernst. She said that with such vim and vigor. Well, I know that that's what he wants me to say, and I guess that's what I should say, but I feel as though, I feel like a hostage. Like, I should be able to say my introduction the way that I want to say it. Go for it. Say it. Well, no, it's it's too late. I, I am your host, Max Ernst. No, no, see, you've already <laughs> inserted yourself into how I should say what I say by you saying that and then looking at me knowingly or longingly Do you want to start wantingly. the next episode, so? Yeah, I w- yes, I will start the next episode, and then we will see how it goes. And you will say, I am your host, Katie Ernst. Okay. To start it off, right? N- not promising that. Okay. Just so we're on the same page. Anyway, uh, welcome to Talk to Me. Um, we are here to talk to you about, well, this this week is to talk to you about Amazon, basically. But um, so our first discussion topic actually is um, whether there will be one voice assistant to rule them all and in the darkness bind them. Um, This was suggested by Katie, so I will let her start it off with her thoughts on whether or not there will be a Uber voice assistant. (laughs) And not by the company Uber, of course. But so basically whenever tech nerds get together or are on other podcasts or write articles they like to discuss whether there will ultimately be one voice assistant that kind of ends up winning out among all of the others or whether there will be multiple voice assistants going out in the future and people will just have multiple voice assistants and so on the one hand people will point to um blue no it wasn't blue or dvd there's dvd and then there was what was it, like hdcd or something like that no that's not. hd dvd did i just make that up no 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 no. there was like a thing maybe it was blu-ray Laserdisc? no i think it was blu-ray and hd dvd dvd yeah. and they both came out at the same time if, if i'm wrong about the specifics of that this is the idea there were people who wrote articles at the time saying oh they will always you know live side by side and there will always be both of them or like vhs and betamax for right. those of our older listeners. Right. And there, there would be people that would say, like, oh, they would continue to exist side by side. And then there are other people saying, like, no, one format is going to end up winning out. Like, obviously, when it comes to VHS or Betamax or when it comes to, if it was, if I'm correct, that it was. Blu-ray won out. It was Blu-ray versus somebody. I think it was HDDVD. Okay. Yeah. Like, one is going to win out because if you go to a, a Redbox, like, Redbox needs to have one thing to rent to you. Or if you go to a... I, back in the day blockbuster needed blockbuster yeah no i'm like uh best buy like if you want to buy one of these things yeah. like you need one thing so obviously one thing is going to end up winning out but people had all these arguments about why they would live side by side and and then it's true today i would say of all of the opinions that i've heard on this topic i would say it is the majority opinion that there will always be like a like numerous a myriad voice assistants and that in this area, you might use this voice assistant. And then in that area, you might use that voice assistant. Now, I'm not saying there's only going to ever be one voice assistant. I don't think that a voice assistant is like DVD where you're going to end up, or, or, or Blu-ray, where you're going to have one thing. But I do liken it more to like iPhone versus um, Android, where you may, like there may be two companies that continue to exist but you are only going to have one. And this only makes sense if you have these devices. I don't know how you don't, like, you know, realize that this would happen in this way. So we have a Google Home in our house. And we also have 
Amazon. Like, we have Alexa products. And it's very annoying because, obviously, they don't communicate with each other. You have to remember how to... Um, the different invocations, the different things that they can do, the different skill sets they have um, are not... You have to keep both sets in mind. Right. And so it's like if I'm in our bedroom, I need to remember to say, okay, Google. But if I'm in our you know, kitchen, I need to remember to say Alexa. And it's just, it's very annoying. It would be so much better if it was all one thing. And we only have that because we've created skills or, you know, like voice apps for both of the products. So we have them both to test them out. And then, of course, on my phone, then I also have Siri because we're, we have Apple phones and then you know, you could have different things, but obviously the more useful voice assistants become and the more they remember things about you and the more that they, you know, you have like an ongoing relationship with them. And that sounds kind of like, like highfalutin, but no, I mean, you will have an ongoing relationship with them just as you have with your calendar. You don't have multiple calendars. I mean, you may like between your work and your, your home, but you don't have like, Oh, if you're using your phone, you have your iCal, but then when you're using your laptop, then you use your Googler, and then and then at work you use Outlook. I mean, if you do do that, like, wow, like, you need to, like, consolidate some of that. But because it's annoying, like, you want to have everything in one place. You don't want to have to, you know, I don't want to have to tell Google everything to remember about me, plus Amazon everything to remember about me, plus, you know, Siri. So to me, it seems like, it will probably end up coming down to two players, just like Android and um, an iPhone, and there will be a kind of like battle between those two players. And but that you, the individual, will only have one ultimately. Yeah, that would make sense to me. Um, I definitely think that it, it would come down to a couple pa- players um, that you would get an Android, iOS type situation um, or a Mac. Um, PC situation just because that's how a lot of these things go Um, that there isn't I don't like I don't understand the incentive for Samsung to build Bixby or really for Microsoft to really invest in Cortana because since you can download Google Assistant or you can get Alexa Amazon on your on almost all your devices now um, and or soon you will be able to get them on any device like what's the incentive for that effort because that's a huge effort and especially to maintain it's like amazon's so far ahead of you google is so far ahead of you on a lot of these things just inter just interact with them it's sort of like with sonos like sonos didn't build their own thing they just use uh amazon on some of them and i think some of the other ones are open for um uh the other ones uh google and uh siri which siri will kind of always exist because apple's a very closed sourced community like that um, therefore, it's sort of like Siri will always be there, sort of like. Well, Siri will always be there <laughs> as long as Apple continues to be well, there, it's... which Apple will only continue to be there if they can compete. And they're only going to be able to compete if people want to buy their products. And if voice becomes as important and prominent as I believe it is, as I believe it is, you know, currently, but it certainly is going to be, then Apple will continue to lose market share if they don't increase their if, if if Siri doesn't get better. Right. I, 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 I was thinking of in terms of like, it, Siri would be a lot like Internet Explorer, which it always, um, since I work in uh, the tech field, it always still astonishes me that there are lots of people that use Internet Explorer for things. Um, like 
it's a huge number of people that use it, even though no one likes it. And if you work in the tech thing, tech field at all, everyone hates it. Um, but people use it just because it comes on their computer. And therefore, they don't think to use Firefox. They don't think to use Chrome, which most everything we do is always done in Chrome for testing purposes. And so it's the same thing. It's like Siri will always be there just because it's on Apple products. Um, and therefore, it will kind of exist as long as Apple products exist. But the thing, though, that I would say about that is that Internet Explorer is so prominent because it comes on every Microsoft computer. And there's always going to be the grandpa or the grandma who gets their, you know, PC laptop and is not going to go to the effort of downloading any other browser. Whereas Apple has to make itself relevant because the reason that you buy an Apple product is because it's better because it always costs more. Yeah. You're buying it because it has more functionality and it has a more um, pleasing flow. And as voice becomes more important, if they don't increase what Siri can do, then why are you going to continue to buy Apple products? I mean, this goes back to the fact that I... I've I've always been an iPhone user. Well, not always. I mean, like as we've mentioned before, actually, we did used to have a um, Android an a- Android phones, but and they were terrible. We we moved to iPhone, and I thought I would never look back. I thought I would always stay with Apple because the iPhone experience was just so much superior to at least like the old school Android experience that we had many years ago. But now that voice is so important to me, it is very frustrating to have an iPhone and I'm very, I'm still, unless something changes the next time I upgrade my phone, which will probably be in like a year, year and a half, I will absolutely get a Google pixel phone. So they're going to lose people if they continue to have a crappy product. And, and, And then, and then they won't be the internet explorer because there won't be people with their product anymore. No, that's, that's a very good point. Um, speaking of whether or not there will be one to rule them all, this episode is uh, essentially devoted to Amazon because Amazon rolled out a whole slew of new inf- new features, new information this past uh, couple weeks, and therefore we're going to talk about uh, Amazon next week. Next episode, we'll probably talk about Google, um, just because well, they sort of deserve uh, their own attention in the spotlight for a while. Um, but so this 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 week's spotlight skill is in the entire Amazon Alexa world. <laughs> So the first thing that they rolled out is that you can, they're now allowing every developer to develop skills with premium content. Um, so there can be things you pay for um, on their voice apps. They're doing it in two ways. You can either buy, uh, they can either allow for subscriptions um, or you can buy like premium content. Um, they've So far they've done this in like a beta testing. Um, they've done the subscription model with Jeopardy um where you can get um you pay a certain amount and then you get extra jeopardy questions every week and they've done the premium content model with heads up where you can buy like other um card decks basically for the game uh you know from the ellen show um so yeah so that's rolled out this week and that means a whole bunch of paid for stuff is coming to your amazon alexa and I don't know. How do we feel about that? Well, how do we feel about that? So as you may remember, Max and I created the skill Select a Story, which 
was originally in the Kids Guild Challenge. We ended up getting bumped out of that because they deemed us to be too violent, even though our level of violence was literally below children's cartoons. We got pushed into the adult section of the store after we had been, like, just unceremoniously, like, dumped from the store. Our our numbers had been, like, amazingly good. They tanked after we were, like, you know, dumped from the store, moved over. And then recently, Max had um, put a new version of the skill he, that he renamed Cinder Charming, which was the name of the actual story, um, in the kids uh, section, and it's there now. And the point is that premium content was always a part of our strategy in terms of our, our long-term thinking about a company that we would create for Amazon Alexa, which is that if you have an interactive story, which is like a choose-your-own-adventure thing, so it's like, okay, you know, blah, 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 is happening. Do you do this, this, or this? Well, you know, it seems like an obvious way that you could potentially monetize that, which is to say that for free, you can choose to do A or B, but if you want to uh, do C, then you have to pay money. Or it could be, instead of doing it that way, which I personally would find annoying, you could do it such that, okay, for free, you get this Cinder Charming game. But if you liked that, if you want the next game, if you want the next interactive story, then you're going to have to pay money for that. So that's kind yeah. of the difference of what you were just explaining of the two different models. And that's what we always plan to do. We always plan to have additional stories. But we were less than enthused with the way that Amazon has conducted itself it it's very not it's not very organized yeah it's not very organized and it's not very transparent as to what's happening um when you're trying to submit a skill for certification with amazon and so for instance like with us it was we got um uncertified a number of times because uh it just said that we violated their terms, which that doesn't tell us anything. When we when we inquired what that means, it would take many days to get back to us. Then finally they would say, there's violence. And then when we would respond back, well, there's actually nothing in your rules that says that you can't have violence. And also, like, you have this skill that has cartoons that have violence in them because most kids' cartoons actually have violence in them. I mean, if you think about, you know, Tweety and Sylvester, you think about – yeah, any any of the Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny. There's always like violence, and our skill actually has less violence than that. I mean, well, my, one of my favorites is Hangman. So there's a scale Hangman in the Alexa Kids Skill uh, Store, and it the image, of course, is someone hanging from a noose. That is inherently violent, but nobody thinks of it that way because everyone's used to seeing that since they were little children. No, and in our skill, you can fight a dragon. Yeah. And then when you do fight the dragon, sometimes the dragon kills you in a very, like, cartoonish fashion. There's no, you know, blood described or anything like that. It's just like, oh, you know, it hits you and you, and, and you like, you know, don't see anymore, whatever. Or, or, or you kill the dragon and then, and then you succeed, whatever. And, and, and then they said that was too violent. And it's like... I mean, have you read Harry Potter? Have you read Percy Jackson? Like, every kid's book has violence in it. So the idea that there can be no violence in a kid's skill is absolutely absurd, especially given that, in theory, it's supposed to go up to age 12. But the point of all of this is not just me complaining about my own issues. The point of all of this is to say that I think it's great that they're going to allow monetization of skills. But if they really... Because, I guess... My point is, 
I think it's great that they're going to allow monetization of skills because that's the only way they're ever going to get great content. But they're also not going to have any great content if people don't feel like they can invest their time and energy into making great content. Because even if in theory you could sell add-on packs, I'm not going to spend my time, my energy, and my dollars to produce additional stories for what we, you know, for Select a Story, for Cinder Charming, what we've already done. If I don't know, if, if I'm afraid that you're going to unceremoniously like strip me from the store. So it's great that, you know, you'll now theoretically allow me to charge for this. But if I was, you know, having a hundred users a day and, you know, rising exponentially, and then you unceremoniously strip me from the store and won't even tell me why, then it doesn't help me that I could theoretically get people to pay me money for additional content. If I don't know if tomorrow I'm going to be pulled from the store. Right. But from a, well, from a developer perspective, it's good that you can have a, basically another stream of income because right now you can, with Amazon, you can get paid from their, um, is it called rewards? Yes. Um, where each month they basically, they have a set amount of money that they divvy out among people who've developed skills and sort of based on usage and some other unknown, ama- unknown algorithmic content. But yeah, but so, guess- but it's, so it's sort of up to like the usership and sort of, it's sort of beyond your control as to how much money you're going to be getting. Whereas with the subscription base or premium base, like you can market stuff, you can do stuff, you can do things for your own side to get it, um, to sort of have income. But if, again, if the platform itself is unreliable in terms of whether or not you will remain there, which isn't as big of a concern for adult skills, but it is a concern for kids skills and it can be a concern for other things, depending on what it is that they tell you is a, it can't even be a concern for adult skills because there have been instances of this happening with adult skills as well. And I don't want to get into that, but I know that that has happened in the past. And also, you know, you may be listening to this wondering, I'm not a developer. I just like Amazon Alexa. You know, why does this matter to me? It matters to you because if people who are creating great content don't have any incentive to make great content, then you're what, you know, your utility is going to go down significantly. So hopefully Amazon will realize this. I mean, and again, we're talking about Amazon, but when it comes to Google, I mean, and I think we've talked about this before as well, but they're just really, really, really far behind in that yeah, you they can't have, get paid at all. You can't get paid at all in Google. That's why Amazon has tens of thousands of skills, whereas Google has hundreds or maybe in like thousands, low think, thousands. Yeah. But um, it's because in Google, you can't get paid at all. And so do you think that there would be so many apps in the app store if the people who created them couldn't get paid? I mean, you as the end user, you are best served by people being able to get paid who create superior content. Yeah, it's very much likely to lead to better content on Alexa, frankly, um, in the near future. Just because it sort of did the same thing for um, iOS and Android once you could buy apps. They got a lot better. They offer you free content, and then you can pay for it. So that was one of the new features. Um, Amazon also announced that they are going to be releasing a Echo Dot for children, um, or it's geared towards children. Um, it actually costs more than the regular Echo Dot. It's like, it's like $30 more expensive than the regular Dot. Basically twice as much. Yeah, um, and but it comes in three different colors. But it also comes with a year subscription to their um, children's package that... Um, I forgot what it's called, but it's their 
it basically allows you to have all kinds of access to children's games and apps. And that's sort of obviously, well, to a certain extent, obviously Amazon has a big push for children's stuff. They had the big children's contest earlier this year. They have been promoting their children's um, material um, and voice apps. And now they have the Echo uh, Dot for Kids. Um, so they see the value of sort of children's programming. And we see it too. I mean, we have for our daughter, we bought a, um, a little children's Kindle that also uses that children's subscription uh, service because we're members of Prime. Um, and we used it for long car rides. So it's been, uh, well, a godsend for keeping her um, complacent. <laughs> By her, he means our two-year-old. Yes. yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't specify that. But yeah, so um, they obviously see the value in future in children, which we did too. When we were coming up with the idea of um, Selectatory, we were like, this would be great for car rides. This would be great for in the car. Like this is where voice and interaction is going to be because it's so boring in the car and you need stuff to do. And children are kind of a driver of what to do. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I don't know if you had any other thoughts on the kids dot thing. So first of all, the thing that you get with the kids dot is called free time unlimited, which is all of these games and content they have for children not just in the for the echo dot but for all of their products which is max was mentioning with the um the kindle fire for kids it comes with that and it's really amazing it comes with all kinds of pbs like apps and things like that that the girls can play with and and different things so it, it is actually really wonderful but from what i was reading the reason why people are speculating that amazon is making such a move toward kids is that first of all they want to differentiate the echo from competing products like you know google home to say hey this is just for kids um they also want to create a reason for buying more echo devices so i mean with the now you have one for kids and now you have your regular echo one right so it's like if you already have one in your kitchen or your living room and maybe you have one in your bedroom now's the reason to get one for each of your kids bedrooms because it has like this specific kid content which also i should have specified at the beginning there are with the this echo dot for kids there are parental controls built into it that allow you to set what they can do what they can have access to so there's actually greater control over it than your regular um, Echo Dot, which would just sort of be your general Amazon account. So that's one of the advantage. That's one of the purported advantages of it is that right. there are these these limitations you can put on your child's use of it, which is a huge advantage. And then there's also the idea that if you get kids accustomed to using Alexa, that then of course you're like you know trying to think of a way to say this like you're getting them when they're kids and so now they're used to alexa and they want to continue to use it forever just like those those people that use pcs and internet explorer for the rest of their lives (laughs) right and then and there are some people that say that well do you really want kids to want to use your product as kids because then they might want to go to something that's like cool or new when they're older and whatever I, and so they're saying, like, maybe this is a bad uh, strategy for Echo Amazon. For teens. And then it's like, come on. Like, if the kid is used to using it, that has to be a benefit. Yes, there's always the problem that, like, the cool Google thing can come along when they're teens. But I think it's always beneficial to get people used to using your product. So I definitely think that's a really good idea. And 
And as a lot of other people have pointed out as well, that they're not having a 10-year strategy. They have a one-year strategy. They just want to sell more freaking dots. And this is a good way of doing it. They're twice as expensive. And then there's more reason to buy one for each of your kids' rooms. And because Max said that you can limit what it is that they can do. So I don't have to worry about my four-year-old saying, Alexa, play, forgot about Dre. And and now all the N-words are being spouted as we discussed in the last episode. The other, Amazon's other, other big news this week is, well, they have lots of big news. So there's actually three more things that they they announced. Um, this all came out together. Um, some of these are going to be rolled out over time um, and not exactly immediately. So it's not entirely sure when you will actually see them. But um, so they announced that uh, Alexa will now be able to, one, have some memory ability, two, load skills automatically, and three, remember context. So I'll go through all of those more specifically. Oh, um, I don't get to talk about it? Okay, go ahead. Okay, we have something about the grand scheme of the whole thing they released? Well, uh, the only thing I just wanted to say about it, and then I want you to say more because I didn't remember all of those three things. That's a lot for me to remember at once. I know, is, that's why I... I... No, I, so I, let me just throw in what I remember, and then you can go back into your actual knowing thing part of your conversation, which is... When we were talking a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or however long ago it was about you can now – you don't have to say Alexa every time. They have this function where, you know, you can say Alexa, blah, 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 and then she'll keep listening and then you can keep talking to her. Uh, follow-up mode. Follow-up mode. Thank you, Max. One of the things that I actually complained about was that I specifically asked her, you know, Alexa, what is the weather in this area, blah, 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 and then she told me. And then I said, and what will it be next week or something like that? And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Or she just told me the wrong thing, whatever. And I was saying that the benefit of follow-up mode and not saying having to say her name over and over again should also include the fact that she understands like what you just said. And since she doesn't have that, that's totally useless. So basically what they're saying is, look, we have follow-up mode, guys where you don't have to say her name over and over again, but we're also adding this thing where she will remember what you asked and she will respond to you appropriately. And that's amazing. And that will absolutely be a game changer. And, and, and Google is being left in the dust. Yeah, no. So that's the, that's the, um, of the three things I mentioned, that is the context portion. So that is her sort of remembering what it is you're talking about. So like, again, you ask for a weather in a city, she remembers that you're asking about a city or, and the weather and then when you say, what about next week? She remembers the city and the weather. Or if so, I said, what's like, if I said, what's the weather in Seattle next week? And she says, the weather is blah, blah, blah. And then if I said, and what about Dallas? Then she, remembers she would you're remember you're talking about the weather, you know, blah, blah, blah. She'd remember over what period of time you're talking about. And now she would tell you about that. I mean, that is a game changer. That is like talking to a real person. Yeah. That is what you want out of a voice assistant. Yeah. And if they're saying that they're bringing that to us soon, that's awesome. Like, yeah. No, that is, so that's, again, a much more natural uh, flow of conversation. There was a company, um, Katie saw an ex, uh, what do you call that, uh, example uh, display of their product. Uh, their company is called Soundhound. Soundhound, yes. Um, and they, dev- they, sh- they demonstrated a uh, sort of a chatbot. I guess. Well, no, it, it's a voice assistant. It's okay. called it's called Soundhound. You can actually get it on your phone, and they have a number of domains. They have weather. They have um, uh, travel booking. Travel, yes, you know, like hotels and whatnot. And they have this type of like 
um, domain memory or whatever to where you could say, you know, what is the weather in Seattle next week? And then she would tell you. And then you would say, what about the following week? And then it would tell you. And then she would say, and can I get a hotel during that time? And like, basically, you could go through this whole thing where it was like a real conversation. The voice assistant would remember everything that you had said previously. All of the responses made sense. And when you saw that conversation happened, it literally made you almost want to cry. You're like, oh, my God. This is like literally. I'm in the future now. This is the future. Yeah. This is being able to talk to a computer in a natural way. It was amazing. And basically what Amazon has announced is that it's getting to that to there, point. Yeah. Which, Although, which we don't have this on our thing, but I, I've been seeing, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, Max, Soundhound, which is the company that did this mm-hmm. that I was talking about, they just raised $100 million. I was just going to say that. that. Oh. That apparently other people also thought it was the future and decided to massively invest in the company. So, so um, I mean, and what I, I, I was thinking about that, and we don't have this on like the, the itinerary to discuss, but... You know, $100 million, obviously, number one, is a crap that ton is a of, lot money. of money. That is a lot of investment. Even for VC money, that's a lot of money. If you've ever watched Shark Tank, you know the difference between uh, <laughs> a quasi-okay product that they invest in and $100 million that someone puts into something. $100 million is a lot of money. Obviously, I'm telling you, literally, when I saw SoundHound being demoed, at this conference I went to, I'm not kidding. It made me tear up. It was like, oh my God, I'm in the future. I, I don't have any question whatsoever why they invested $100 million. It makes total sense. This company is amazing. Uh, and and the woman that's running it, Katie McMahon, I, I saw her there. She was the one demoing it. She was amazing. And the company's amazing. But anyway, the point is that that is the future. And I would also not be surprised if what, if Google... I have a feeling it's going to be Google, but if it's not Google, if Amazon, whatever, they buy up their AI because they've basically been working on this for like over 10 years, whereas Amazon only just started and and Google only just started. And I think that they would be stupid to not buy up their technology because it's amazing. Yeah. There's been a lot of news recently. Um, A lot of entities have been buying up some of these um, more niche products or I guess um, that's not a niche product, but some of these voice um, develop products like Adobe's been buying up several of them, um, but Google and Amazon haven't really announced any sort of major purchases uh, as opposed to Amazon and like some of the other. Not or Amazon, you know, Samsung, do you know who would be a really smart company to buy SoundHound? Apple, Apple who purchased Siri, so therefore, yes, you'd think they'd be smart enough. Apple purchased Siri under Steve Jobs because. Siri existed for people that don't know. Siri existed before Apple. They 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 were not a, they were originally yeah. a separate company. And Apple or rather Steve Jobs recognized that this was the future, bought them up, and then unfortunately soon thereafter died. And and ever since then Apple hasn't done anything with it. If Apple had two you know neurons firing together, they would buy Soundhound and then they would suddenly be back in the conversation again. Yep. Yep. Um, the other two things that um, I brought up about Alexa's new announcements, um, the first is memory skills. So this is where you basically tell um, Amazon to re- Alexa to remember things for you. The example that everyone has given is someone's birthday. Um, so it's remember so-and-so's birthday. Now, what's funny, the examples everyone give gave for this was does she then remind you on the birthday? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, thank you. That's, Everything we all... read about this was like, so-and-so, remember this. Okay, she'll remember it. And 
Like that's that, a useful, useless you. thing to like remember if there's no like follow up uh, reminder about or like or in some it somehow interacts with you or your other applications or whatever it is you're doing in some way that's useful because okay so she's remembered it now that someone's birthday is some date. That's what I wonder because like they, yeah they gave this example of like at, you know to remember a person's birthday and I'm like. Well, are they going to remind you? Like, obviously, if they don't remind you, that's a totally useless thing. But even assume that it reminds you on the birthday. That's too Maybe <laughs> you would rather have her remind you a week before the birthday so that you now know to, like, buy presents. But, you know, you have some family members, for instance, like, like maybe you want to be reminded a week or two before your mom or dad's birthday because you want to get reservations for something. Versus maybe you want to be reminded the day before of your, like, good friend's birthday so that you just make sure that you, you know, say something to the person. Versus, like, less good friends that maybe you just want to be reminded the day of so that you can just send them, like, a Facebook thing. Although, again, Facebook is probably telling you that day anyway. But whatever. Like, you know, there. I'm just saying, like, it's not like you want an equal amount of notice for every person that you know. So... To me, it's like the fact that you can tell her to remember something isn't useful if that doesn't carry with it some other level of knowledge. Right. And this actually, the way this was described was, oh, Alexa will remember everything you tell her now. Um, is that how it's described? And then they give this example of the birthday. And my thought when I was reading everyone talking about this was, but that isn't exactly the same thing because I'm asking her to remember something. And I kind of thought she already had that function. I just would have assumed that if I told her to remember a birthday, that she would, like, put it Which somewhere. Which she doesn't. No, she doesn't know that. No, and, and just even for myself, like, when I set calendar things on my, on my you know, on my iCal, there are some things where it's, like, you know, because you can set a reminder. There are some mm-hmm. things that I set a reminder. Like, at the like, time of the event. Right. And some that are five minutes before, some that are, that are two days before, some that are one week before. Right. It, it just depends on the specific thing. So... I feel like if she's going to remember things, there should at least be a follow-up question of when should I remind you of this? Because if you want her to remember it, then in theory, you want it for a reason, which is that you want a reminder, in which case she should ask you when you want her to remind you of it. Yes. Um, And the other thing, again, about the description of it, as she remembers everything, I thought it was, oh, she remembers everything you asked her. So you can be like, um, you asked her like to play a song yesterday that you remember the name of, but now you've forgotten the name of it. So play that song that you played yesterday. Well, she I don't know if that she, she can do that because that wasn't an example. Or like we talked about before, or we may have potentially talk, wanted to talk about, is that like you can set a timer for something, but you don't necessarily remember, like she doesn't remember that you already set the timer just in advance. So it's already gone on for like 10 minutes instead of like you're now 10 minutes. Does she remember all the timers you've set? Like what is the extent of this information she's remembering? Or is it only when you ask her to, Hey Alexa, remember X that she actually remembers it. Um, like, this was not I, in the description of like this new feature, right? I guess what Max is saying. For instance, let's say I was making a meal on a Tuesday and I set an alarm for fifteen minutes because I just had a feeling that it would take fifteen minutes, and then a week later it's still Taco Tuesday and I'm making my taco recipe again, and I can't remember how long the timer I set was. If she is remembering everything that you do, you could say, how long was the timer that I set on Tuesday last week? Right. Whereas if she's only remembering things when you ask her to remember them, then that isn't very helpful. Right. That's a feature I kind of thought she would have already had. But she doesn't. (laughs) But she doesn't. Um, Yeah. And we're not sure the extent of. Um, 
so the final thing that Alexa has announced or Amazon has announced that Alexa can do is what they're calling skill arbitration. And basically, right now, in order to launch a third-party skill, you have to say, Alexa, open third-party skills. So in our case, it'd be Alexa, open select a story or Alexa, open um, tide stain removal skill or whatever the case may be. Whereas they are trying to make it such that you can talk to Alexa in a very um, natural, yeah, exactly, natural manner and say, you know, Alexa, how do I get a, a stain out of my shirt? And, and, and so rather than you having to say, Alexa, open the tide, you know, stain skill, you can just say, Alexa, how do I open – or sorry, how do I get a stain out of my shirt? And then – um, it will then she'll just start explaining from the Tide skill, like, oh, well, if you use Tide cleaner to do X, Y, and Z, then you can get this the stain out. Of course, that sounds on the one hand, that sounds super useful because you don't want to have to know about every single skill that exists in order to be able to get useful information. Right. So this the example that I think of is like when you Google something like how do I do X, and you get that the first search that comes up is always in that box with like it also have the steps it's like a web page that it picks that you think you will like and to give you the instructions you want um but it's not like google it's somebody's web page that's providing to you um so google is doing that on your search page right now so you are used to it you may not know you're used to it in the right. search function and the alexa exactly and that's what you want to get out of alexa you don't like if you want to know how to get a scene out of your shirt you don't want to have to, you know, do a search through Alexa's um, skill store to find out what stain fighting companies have skills regarding that. You want to just be able to ask the question and get an answer. And so that makes total sense that she would do that. But of course, then there are all kinds of worries that come along with that where, okay, if you say, you know, Alexa, how do I get a stain out of a shirt? Well, she could give you Tide's explanation of how to do it, in which, of course, they would recommend you buy a Tide product. Or they could get you, like, a bounce, whatever. I, I don't know. That's actually, I don't know. Whatever, like, stain-removing, like, shout. shout, whatever. Like, then, let, let's say there's, like, five stain-remover companies, and they're all fighting one another to get their answer to be given to you. Because... Obviously, the problem with that is, is if you're asking Alexa, you think Alexa is answering. So you think some like neutral arbiter of this is the best stain removing, you know, way of removing stains. Like you think that's what you're getting. But when in reality, you're getting, you know, shout or you're getting um, tied or you're getting, you know, whoever. And 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 now those companies could actually be paying Amazon additional monies so that it is their um, answer that's being given to you to say, oh, you want to get a scene out of this? Like, oh, well, use Tide's shout stick or I don't know. I don't know. Stain removing I, um, whatever. But like whatever. Like, you know, now it's like and then it's like, would you like to buy that now? And then you say yes. And then now it's being shipped to you immediately through drone or whatever is going to be happening in the next like year or two. So the point is, is that on the one hand, it's extremely useful and extremely helpful. On the other hand, it's extremely creepy because now all of these people can, or companies can be um, 
paying money to insert themselves in your life yeah and you don't the thing is like again to go back to the google example if you like how do i get a stain out of a shirt and you get like your various search results and that box that comes up that's like the most clicked on um you can see what it is and you can see like they, they say like ads by google or i think is what they say if like tide is putting something out there or shout is putting something out there you it's all very easy for you to digest as the user and very transparent as to what is being paid for specifically versus what is more organic in the sense that seo is organic in any way <laughs> um but at least it's somewhat organic to what you're getting whereas well, you have no idea with amazon like well is it that tide paid for them to be the first option if someone says anything about laundry or is it that this is actually the most used thing um or is the most helpful thing that people have rated so you have no way of knowing without them inserting something like this is an ad by Amazon. Like this is an Amazon provided ad that when a voice situation that we've talked about before, it's much more annoying to have something talk to you for a long period of time than to have lots of words on the screen. And basically this is not going to be resolved for a long time. Yeah. I think people don't really understand where voice is going. I mean, when you come with a, I mean, Google can have ads that, you know, like um, sponsored posts that come up at the top because they can be highlighted as such. Yep. And then there can be, you know, the quote-unquote organic um, results just underneath. But what when you have a voice situation, you're only going to get one result. And so either Amazon is never going to make money or Google, uh, you know, with Google Home is never going to make any money and they're always just going to give you the best answer or you're going to get the answer that is paid for. Right. And I'm telling you, it's going to be the latter because both companies are going to want to make money. Right. So finally, the other thing we wanted to talk about um, was, well, we're, we're not going to have a rant, not a wheel options. It's the rant, not a wheel. Katie wants to rant about something specific. Instead of like the fake, like, like rant, not a wheel um, sound effect, we should have like a, like a uh, beer, like pop topping sound effect of like, you know, like, of like, okay, we're ranting now. I need a drink for this. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk about it. So all the time on Twitter, I see someone posting a link or whatever saying, oh, I don't think that Apple has done a good job with its HomePod release, blah, blah, blah. And then you will always see a response that is like, Oh, well, Apple has sold tons of phones and they make a lot of money and you don't make a lot of money. So you don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Or recently I saw an article about like people who are like actual like, you know, um, UI experts and and just and, and just like more like graphic design type experts of how you could design Amazon's homepage to actually look pretty and be pleasing to people. And then there were people responding to that saying, Amazon tells, or sorry, Amazon sells tons of things and you sell no things. And so therefore you don't know what you're talking about because they sell lots of things and that's their whole goal. And so shut up, you person that said that you could make Amazon's webpage look better. And my response to that is, number one, they didn't say they were going, that, that this would make Amazon sell more things. They said that this would make Amazon's webpage look prettier, which I feel like any sentient human being could know that Amazon's webpage could look prettier because it's super freaking ugly. Also, it just it's an example. Again, it's an example that everyone has of what is an ugly website that does well is Amazon. 
and basically it hasn't seemed to have changed its ui or like design since like the 90s like since it existed <laughs> yeah. which is the 90s is it Could or is it early 2000s no it's it's freaking ugly and then there's also then max and i when we were like pre-gaming out this um you know podcast we were talking about this we and planning it <laughs> planning pre-gaming however you want to say it so i was talking about i've I've had Netflix pretty much since the beginning in terms of, you know, since it's had, like, the online version at least or, like, you know, the, you know, the, the videos that you can get online. And it what, it used to be that when it would predict what videos you would like, it was terrible. Basically, if you ever watched one documentary, which is what happened to me, then it assumed that you only ever wanted to watch documentaries, which would then cause you to watch, like, another documentary, and then, like, it would never think you wanted to watch anything else. Part of it was also it would ask you what you wanted to watch, and then you would say, like, really smart documentaries because you didn't want to admit that you actually wanted to watch, like, crap, like, you know, telenovela-type things. And so then it would keep giving you documentaries and you're like, oh, but I really want to watch like crappy, horrible shows. Whereas now Netflix has stopped like listening to their users in terms of what they say they want to watch and actually looks at what you have watched and gives you uh, things consistent with what you've watched before. So the point is that you if Netflix tells you that you want to watch something now, it's probably right. Like, it, it's so much better than it was, like, eight or nine years ago. Whereas Amazon is not. It's no better than it was eight or nine years ago. So, for instance, if you read some book that was some type of magical realism, that was some type of, um, anyway, if you've ever watched Jane the Virgin, like, she writes magical realism in, in the show. And so... Let's say that you read one of the books that she read growing up that got her into um, writing that on the show. If you clicked on that and said, if you like this, you would like these other things, it would almost certainly tell you that you would like Harry Potter or you would like um, some other like very popular book like that. Because basically anyone who has bought this like kind of very narrow specific type of book that exists has also bought harry potter but that's because everyone has bought harry potter and so it doesn't actually give you any decent recommendation like or it, it, it's not just books it's with everything their their recommendation algorithm is crap compared to um netflix which is amazing and so this idea that because amazon sells more stuff than other websites therefore their algorithm must be the best thing that could exist is nonsense. It may be the best thing that does exist, but it's certainly not the best thing that could exist. And the idea that because they make a lot of money, you're not allowed to criticize them. I'm allowed to criticize whoever the heck I want to criticize. No right. one can tell me what I can criticize. Well, and the other thing is it's like Amazon makes its money because they charge less for their products and therefore they sell a lot more goods. They don't care about their UX ui experience because they have cheap prices it's sort of like the difference between walmart and target like walmart is not a, the prettiest place to go into to shop um and there are some that are much nicer than others but they're all mostly about the same level of quality and no one would ever say that they're nicer to go into than a target target is by far the nicer store to go into but walmart does really well because they sell really cheap goods target 
sells more expensive goods and therefore wants you to like enjoy your experience when you're in there. It's the same with like if you go into Neiman Marcus or like some really fancy department store, it's meant to like give you the idea of what it is you're spending the money on. Um, whereas then you can go to, you know, again, Walmart or Kohl's or whatever and spend very little on, on clothes because the point is you're spending little. The price differentiation has nothing to do with like the experience of the whole thing. And so, so it's fine to criticize them. In fact, one could argue that it's possible that you might get more people to buy things. Who knows? Because it probably isn't that useful for them to test that many UI changes, given that their whole real business is either selling things at low cost or all of their technology suite that they sell. Exactly. That's all, that's all I was going to say is that the fact that they are the best, like the fact that they are the Walmart of online sales does not mean that if you took the best aspects of Target and Walmart of online sales and put them together, they couldn't be better. Right. Like it, a nice looking Walmart, a Target looking Walmart could probably actually sell more goods just because it's more nicer to go into. But, yes. you know, there's not an incentive to really do that. No, and, and maybe there won't be, but that doesn't mean that you we shouldn't have the right to say that we don't like certain things about their website. Yeah. But so that was the rant not a wheel or the pop a top <laughs> explainer of the week. Um but anyway, so we hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk to Me. I was able to get the name right on yes. one try this time. <laughs> Anyway, um, this has been Max and... And I'm Katie. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. You could do that for us. In fact, last episode, we offered at various points to either give you an Echo Dot or an Echo Show. By accident, we were only ever meaning to offer you an Echo Dot if you would rate us on iTunes. And no one has done it. I'm just pointing that out there. So you could be the first. Yeah. The Echo Dot is still available. And we will also like give you a shout out and, and explain how much we love you in great detail. And I'm very good at that. I have been told by many people that they specifically like me because when I've been drinking, I explain in detail why I like them. I'm just saying that could be you. Uh, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you get your fine podcasts or not so fine podcasts. And anyway, that is all. This has been Talk To Me.